you know, appreciation demo for um, only the, mostly the engine depot guys uh, that were working on the F-135 engines. Uh, so we got a tour of that facility. Amazing, you know, gigantic. We're just in the F-135 spot, um, and it was huge. Uh, so it's awesome to see the work that those guys do. And Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tinker Talks. Tinker Talks is your audio format podcast that talks about all things happening behind the fence line of Tinker Air Force Base. I am your host, Mark Hybers, and today we're sitting down with a couple of very special guests uh, right before air show. Obviously, when you're listening to this, the air show will have come and gone, but uh, we do have a couple of great guests today. Uh, the F-35 demonstration team commander, Major Kristen Wolf, call sign Bale, and we may get into that. I'm sure you may have never been asked that question before either, ma'am, but <laughs> we'll have to go there just for our audience. Uh, and then, of course, Major General Tommy Williams. Uh, who is not, I don't believe, currently a pilot, but you work in the Pentagon, but you are flying the F-5 in our Heritage flight. That's correct, sir? That's correct. Awesome. So thank you both for joining us this morning. We will hurry along because I know we've got to get you out of here, and, and you guys are flying practice runs this afternoon. So if you could, ma'am, we'll go ahead and start with you because you're kind of the star of the show here. Uh, if you would, just give us a little bit of background about who you are and, and how you got to this point in your career. Sure. Um, I grew up in a military family. My dad was a F-15C model pilot in the Air Force as well. So born on an Air Force base, he was still in the Air Force when I joined. Um, so very familiar with that kind of lifestyle, which led me into joining when I was in ROTC uh, at the University of Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, went to Laughlin Air Force Base for pilot training, flew the F-22 Raptor for three years at Langley, and then swapped over to the F-35 Lightning in 2017 at Hill Air Force Base. It's pretty cool. You get to fly two of the, the coolest, baddest new generation fighters in the air force yeah i'm spoiled for sure <laughs> <laughs> and sir a li little bit of background about who you are and, and what you're currently doing at the pentagon well I, i'm retired okay so I, i've been retired for a few years but uh, i was at the pentagon that was my last assignment uh, working for the director of operations for the air force there um my background is uh, somewhat similar to bayo's uh, it was fighters out of pilot training although it was f-15s F-15C models, and then I went to the Aggressor Squadron at Nellis and flew the F-5. And then I got off of active duty and went into the reserves and uh, flew the F-4 for a little bit right at the end of its life, and then uh, F-16 for 16 years. And then the last 10 years of my 36 years in the Air Force was um, staff stuff, Pentagon, Korea, right. things of that nature. Was it? Was it more exciting than flying in the at the F-16? <laughs> uh, no, no, it was not. But it, but it was still good work, right. still good work. Well, that's, I guess, a, a, an upside and a downside to when you progress in your career that eventually you uh, probably wind up on that track. So it's awesome, sir. And so, sorry about that. I, when I, I pulled your bio this morning, the uh, bio had said, to present and so oh yeah it didn't yeah. it didn't have the retirement part in there so i do apologize no worries you uh you look like you could still be on active oh duty, you're you're so. too kind you're too kind <laughs> am i wrong ma'am oh definitely not wrong all right so uh, i did want to ask you about your career bail and is it okay if i call you by sure. your call sign all right cool um you started with a bachelor of science in chemical engineering how did you wind up in the air force and as a, as a fighter pilot to boot? Yeah, um, I graduated high school, didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Uh, so my 
dad made me take this personality career test and <laughs> engineering was one of them. So I like science and math. So chemical engineering was kind of a natural fit for me. Right. Uh, I was doing that for two years, decided I don't want to be a chemical engineer. Uh, so that's when I started looking into, you know, military lifestyle thinking, hey, I'm actually used to moving around every couple of years. I actually enjoyed it. Right. Um, so joined ROTC at Alabama, did that for two and a half years. Uh, junior year, you apply for your job. Uh, luckily, I was pilot qualified for all the medical stuff um, and then competed for that and luckily got selected for to go to pilot training right after I graduated. Awesome. Was it hard to get into? Into ROTC or to, to get into, a... Into fighter pilot training and, and um, pick up that I as mean, a to get job. a pilot slot, you definitely have to be competitive. There's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, GPA, commander's ranking. Um, we take a test similar to the SAT. All that goes into a calculator, determines your competitiveness. Um, and then in pilot training, you're graded, you know, every single day for an entire year. And then that rank at the end determines kind of how many options you have, what you can select, and what you can track into, whether it's fighters, helos, heavies, bombers, spec ops, that kind of thing. Right. And, sir, you, you said you flew – you you were not stationed here, but I know the the reserve wing here used to fly F5s and F4s. Did you ever pop through here back when you were flying? No. Uh, well, I'm I'm sure I came through here TDY or you know stopped through to get gas cross country or something like that. But I was never based uh, at Tinker. Um, my assignments were at Kadena, uh, Okinawa, flying the F15, and then at Nellis flying the F5. And then all my time in the reserves flying was down in uh, Fort Worth at uh, what used to be Carswell Air Force Base. Yes, sir. Yep. So which one's your favorite Your favorite platform to have flown? It's typically the one that I'm in at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the one you're with kind of philosophy. Right. Uh, the F-15 and the F-16 were just incredible airplanes. They a little bit different missions, but, um, you know, they're, they're both just wonderful, wonderful flying machines and just uh, – just one great thing to get to fly it and uh, very grateful that, uh, that that I had the opportunity. Right. And I don't know if either one of you, I think you've probably both had an opportunity to meet our installation commander, Colonel Sebring, but uh, F-15s and F-16s is for sure his, his love of life. He really gets excited about those. And ma'am, you got into the, to the F-35 and I think you've probably, how long have you been flying with them? About six years. <clears throat> okay, so quite a while. I think I remember seeing you. You flew here. They did a um, the four star, the Comac had a a team come through to kind of give us say hey thanks for the hard working people in our complex that work on the engines. Yeah, we were here. Uh, that was me. We we're back here in 2021. Uh, in May, uh, we came in after a near show just to do a one-day, you know, appreciation demo for um, only the, mostly the engine depot guys uh, right. that were working on the F-135 engines. Uh, so we got a tour of that facility. Amazing, you know, gigantic. We're just in the F-135 spot, um, and it was huge. Uh, so it's awesome to see the work that those guys do. And, you know, some of those guys, and a lot of the time we travel around with F-35s and meet people that have never even seen the airplane fly, but they've been working on the airplane or pieces and components for 20-plus years. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to kind of give back to people like that that work here. And I think that's, I mean, you point out a great, a great thing is that the people here doing this mission really don't often connect themselves to the greater mission. And so I think Comac was, was pretty on point to have sent you guys in here, especially cause there, you know, there were some challenges with the F-35, the, with the F-135, the engines, of course they did. They won a DOD level award for the work that they're doing on that engine so they've really done some pretty amazing turnaround stuff over there the way they put that together uh, sir you you talk about aggressor an aggressor 
uh, plane uh, ins pilot instructor. Mm -hmm. What is an aggressor, and what's different between that and, say, any other fighter aircraft? Well, the aggressor squadrons that the Air Force has now, two of them, one at Nellis and one at Austin, uh, back when I was flying them in, in the late 80s, uh, we, had, we had three, one at Alkenberry and USAFE, one at Clark and PACAF, and then uh, two squadrons at Nellis, so a total of four squadrons. Um, we were flying F-5s back then. They're now flying F-16s and F-35s. <coughs> isn't, isn't that right? Mm -hmm. F-35s right. also. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a, it's in effect it's a training squadron and our job was to train uh, operational fighter squadrons uh, in what they could expect facing various threats right. and so we fly airplanes that, that uh, at least we did and with the F5 that was unique there no other squadrons were flying F5 so that they were able to see a dissimilar airplane and the maneuvering characteristics of it uh, and then we would we would uh, emulate the threat tactics in the way that we conducted business but we were in effect a training aid and we would go for two weeks at a time to a uh, uh, operational squadron mm -hmm. and, uh, and and fly with those those folks there for uh, for a couple of weeks and, and it was really gratifying to see the operational squadron start out typically a little slow when they're flying against us like we were we were winning quite a few times right but boy by the end of the two weeks they were they were on their game and they were we were we were not winning anymore and that's that's the reason we were there so it was, it was gratifying to see the, the aviators it's awesome sounds like a cool, cool get, get them spooled up do they still do that just in a different platform is there still yeah as he talked to they have f-16s <laughs> primarily um up at you know Allison and nellis mm -hmm. and then uh, f-35s are starting to stand up as aggressors uh, to kind of provide that stealthy lo platform right. uh, that we need to be training against i love it well, how different was it to have gone from the f-22 into the f-35 um i would say it's probably the easiest transition out of any fourth gen or even prior fifth gen platform mm -hmm. um, one because stealth tactics are very similar in the f-22 and the f-35 right. uh, you're flying not a fourth gen platform where you know you're seen mm -hmm. uh, you're trying to stay stealthy um, so those tactics are pretty similar versus coming from you know like an a-10 where you don't have a, a radar and aren't used to shooting a lot of missiles or you know a fourth gen platform right. where you're just weaseling around down there low uh, that is very different, um, but f and then flying the airplane with a fly-by-wire system uh, is pretty similar as well. So it was not too difficult um, to switch over. That's awesome. And you to talk about the A-10. I've been on some refuelers in the PA career field covering that stuff, and uh, f refueling an A-10 is is kind of a little scary because they're flying so darn slow. <laughs> <laughs> Must feel like you're going to fall out of the air. It's a, uh, but it's a cool plane. Um, so. You know, I have to ask, how did you come to your your call sign, Bail? Yeah. It's probably uh, the obvious, but... Uh, it is what we call a natural, so my last name is Wolf, so <laughs> Bail Wolf was kind of a natural. Uh, we don't pick our call signs. Nobody does. Um, so you don't have a say. Um, but generally, your first combat fighter squadron gives you a call sign, uh, you know, about six-ish months in. It can be based on a variety of different things, so... Um, you Do you know. think it was your personality? <clears throat> uh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. Um, I haven't read that book or in a while. And I haven't seen the movie, actually. Um, really, mine's just based on a, you know, a dumb flying story. Uh, but it can be anything based on something awesome you did, something stupid you did, the way you look, the way you talk, any, literally anything. Right. Um, and I, I was up in the tower yesterday taking photos when you guys came in for your – about 2.30, I think. And uh, – I just, I always wonder, like, I see some of the photos, I can see you guys looking around while you're flying, and you're not really that, I mean, you're between 
a gigantic mile-long building and the air traffic control tower. I mean, to me, it seems like that's a crazy thing to be doing at a couple hundred miles an hour to not be death-looking straight ahead. Like, how how common does that become? Is it like driving a car? Um, I guess you kind of say that, like, coming back to it, if you haven't been in for a couple of weeks, it is like driving a car. Some of the habit patterns come back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I will say flying in a low-altitude uh, environment, like an air show, is very different than flying in a combat training environment. Um, it's like 40,000 feet up in the air. Um, So what we were doing yesterday when we showed up was actually what we call a site survey. Mm -hmm. So really just put my wingman behind me. We kind of circle the area. What we're looking for is, hey, what does the show site look like uh, from this altitude? What are any big obstacles that we may encounter? Um, Kind of what are the reference points that we're going to look for during an air show? Uh, So that's why we're looking out out left and right, uh, kind of for those visual references versus, you know, flying up or looking at our displays, which we would be doing to employ a weapon system. Just extremely different types of flying and i did wonder that because you guys do kind of some some slow pass bys and you're going left and right and and kind of coming out and really around the buildings and stuff so i I wondered if you're looking for specific things to to be on the lookout for sir did you ever fly as a demonstration pilot no demo team i did not i wasn't good enough to get to be picked to be a (laughs) demo pilot (laughs) (laughs) he just threw that right out there yeah he's allowed to fly multiple different types of airframes airframes now to an old ones and i can Uh, only fly one so yeah that's classic so how how hard is it on a body to go up and jolt around like i mean we even watched like the videos from our key influencer flight with the blue angels the other day and you know you could you see the physical distress on these people and they're not doing nearly what you do. Like how hard is it on the body for you? Yeah. Um, each airplane's a little bit different, but, uh, nine G sucks either way. <laughs> uh, there's no way around it, but, um, and then you add on, you know, all the stuff we're wearing, we wear about a five pound helmet. Um, so think about under wow. nine G's, that's <clears> a 45 pound helmet. You're wearing a survival vest, a G suit and all that. Um, so it is an aggressive for an air show, demonstration flights an aggressive 15 minute flight um, where you're kind of being beat up your body does get used to it you do develop a g tolerance and all the gear in the g suit does help Um, but my favorite stories are always to hear the incentive pilots in the back and they're like i literally could not get out of the airplane i was so (laughs) dead Um, and then dead for about 24 hours so um it's just you know you get used to it and they build us up to it in pilot training um to be doing it for year after year did you have to take on a different type of uh exercise regimen to build probably up should. It's, probably low. it's a little late for that uh i mean i think early on in pilot training they talk about you know neck exercises and even in the viper it's uh, just as bad as far as pulling g's um so you know strengthening your neck which things i don't do but uh, right. definitely probably would have helped my my vertebrae 10 years ago <laughs> awesome that's pretty impressive and sir now you fly the f5 do you do these shows all over the united states now flying in the heritage flights we do we uh we support the demo teams you know the air force has four demo teams um and each one of those demo teams does approximately 20 shows uh, a year so that's 80 shows total and the air force has asked us to uh to pair up with the demos at most of those shows and we do we do about 60 shows a year we've got eight pilots uh, that are qualified to do that uh, they're all civilian, uh, many of them former military, but all currently civilian, uh, either retired or, or did not, was not in the military. But um, it's not just the F-5. Typically what we're flying is the P-51 Mustang, yes, a pretty iconic airplane, yeah. historically significant to the U.S. Air Force or the Army Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, 
yeah, that's that, that's how we do it. The F-5 is actually new to the program. This is only our second show to fly the F-5N. Awesome. Um, the F-5 only came on board this year, so we flew Dias a few uh, month or two ago. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, the F-5 is certainly not as iconic as a P-51 or an F-4 Phantom or something like that, but it is an airplane that some people in the civilian world can uh, can acquire and afford to, to maintain and fly, and it does have a, uh, a heritage within the U.S. Air Force. You know, it, the aggressor heritage is its most significant uh, contribution to, to the U.S. Air Force. But uh, in, uh, in the mid-60s, uh, there was a program for six months at which U.S. Air Force fighter pilots flew the F-5 in support of uh, our conflict in Southeast Asia that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So it, has, it, it does have legitimate uh, combat history with the U.S. Air Force. Was it a sloth, as I hear maybe some people refer to? Was it a heavy plane, kind of harder to maneuver around? No, it's quite light and relatively maneuverable, especially for an airplane of that of that era. Right. Um, it it its big limitation in in the in the wartime theater was just range. It it's uh, it doesn't carry a whole lot of fuel. Right. Uh, they did make it air refuelable, and so they were air refueling it. But it, it still it it didn't have the payload, and it didn't have the range of airplanes like an F four or something like that. But it. But uh, it was, you know, the F-5 was originally designed as for foreign military sales, and it ended up being a primary fighter for the, uh, the South Vietnamese uh, Air Force. So, uh, you know, it, it, has a, it, has a, it has a good history. Uh, it just is not as significant as some of the other airplanes. But I think when people come out to see the show, uh, it's, it's painted in the paint scheme that it was uh, as an aggressor. Yeah. And, uh, and it, I think it represents the U.S. Air Force pretty well. It's a pretty popular site in our air park. We have one out here. Oh, good. Uh, and we took it actually from when our reserve wing retired them. We put one out there. But I know you just see out on social media and stuff, there's a, there's a big fanfare oh, for good. that jet for sure. Uh, and, you know, you talk about the, the P-51s. We have the red tail. We're lucky enough to have sure. a red tail in this year. And I think, is it flying the Heritage flight with you all? Uh, no, we're just on the F-5 uh, okay. and the F-35 side by side this okay. weekend. What does it mean to you, sir, to, to still be involved like that and to come fly these heritage flights? Well, it's something that I never in my wildest imagination thought I was going to get to do, you know, to be able to fly P-51. And uh, I also fly the F-86 in support of the heritage flight and now the F-5. And, you know, the P-51 and the F-86 especially, those are about as iconic mm-hmm. of a U.S. Air Force fighter as there is. Right. Um, so it, it, it's just super special. You know, every time I climb into the cockpit of one of those kind of airplanes, I, I, I feel like I'm on hallowed ground. You know, this is, this is history was made in these airplanes. Yes, sir. And uh, just to be a small part of it is, is, is very, I mean, I'm just thrilled. Awesome. And, man, before we get out of here, I know you guys got to go so you can get out of the box and go get ready. You guys are practicing this afternoon. But um, is it still special for you to be? A female fighter pilot and I believe you're the first in the F-35? Uh, no, correct? not the first Sorry. 35 female pilot, uh, just the first to fly the, a demo. The demonstration yeah. team, yes. Does that mean something special to you? Um, honestly, we try not to highlight, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it should be normal at this point, right. honestly. Uh, females have been flying combat airplanes in the Air Force for 30 years. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting sometimes when I get to travel around air shows, talk to, you know, 
either the older generation or even younger, and they don't even know that females are allowed to fly planes, which wow. is crazy um, wow. to me. So to be able to share that is obviously special, to be able to see little kids' faces light up, right. um, really just to show them that literally anyone can train and you know work their way into these airplanes, whether it's civilian or military side. Um, and I always say the airplanes could not tell the difference on who's sitting in it. Absolutely. It's literally just how well you can fly it, um, but it's always cool to see a canopy pop open, and you never know who's going to take the helmet off. Um, for So for anybody out there, whether it's you know somebody in their mid-30s or somebody that's three years old, to see somebody that looks like them, has the same background, talks like them, whatever, right. um, to show, like, hey, you can do this too. Uh, that's really important and rewarding for our team. Awesome. And as we all know, air shows are a big recruiting weekend for, for all of the Absolutely. military and Air Force. And so special that they get to get out and see you. And, and I know it's, you know, it's certainly it's be i mean we're side by side we're all one team one force one fight but probably saw a lot of little girls out there who don't realize that they have that opportunity available it's probably good to see a good role model out there in front of them uh, and so with that i i do thank you both for coming in and joining us i had a great conversation i i can't wait to watch you guys fly tomorrow i always love to watch the heritage flight but uh, and i don't have to do much after after the work you know our, our hard load is almost done so we'll just be able to kick back and watch you guys go go get after it uh thank you both for coming in and uh very well that's going to wrap up our show for this episode until next time uh you stay safe be safe out there and and both of you have a great safe weekend hope hoping for good thank you thank so you much. appreciate it Thanks.